0: Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. My name is Mark R. LePage and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise, all to help you build a better business. As a small firm, entrepreneur, architect, this... Is episode 357 Recycling Shipping Containers for Homes and Schools with Amanda Gattenby of Crate Modular. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors Arcat, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM specifications, and so much more all for free. FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure, spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work you love. And Gusto, the easy online payroll and benefits service built for modern small businesses like ours. In other words, a people platform. So thanks to RCAT, FreshBooks, and Gusto for supporting the Entree Architect community of small firm architects. Amanda Gattenby, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast.
1: Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. It's so nice to be here.
0: It's great to have you here. You were with us at Arcast, uh, our our combination, two hour long marathon podcast that we did with with Inside the Firm and Arcus Speak and Spaces podcast. Um, it was that was such an interesting conversation from beginning to end. Um that was so cool. it, and, and I loved what you were talking about with Crate Modular and I wanted to have you back so we can have a longer conversation and learn more about you and what you're doing over at Crate Modular. So let me introduce you before we do that um, and we'll get into a, a conversation about Crate. Amanda Gattenby is a Vice President of Development at Crate Modular. Crate Modular is California's first and only proven manufacturer of multifamily housing and school buildings made from recycled shipping containers. Their project, Potter's Lane, was the first multifamily affordable housing building in the United States made out of shipping containers and was designed specifically to house homeless veterans. And before you think, oh, shipping containers, really? How do you create architecture using shipping containers? Because I know some of you are thinking of that. Go check out their website at cratemodular.com, and then come back and we'll have this conversation because they are doing some beautiful architecture using uh, shipping containers. So before you judge, <laughs> go listen, go check it out, go look at the at the, uh, at the the website. They're some, doing some beautiful work. Amanda's worked in the development and construction of primarily affordable housing for more than 15 years. Uh, she's overseen the new construction and rehabilitation of more than 1,200 multifamily units and more than 100,000 square feet of commercial space in California and Arizona. In her current role, she focuses on client development, pipeline management, and the orchestration of complex construction needs and demands, all of which leads to incredible projects. Amanda, I'm sure that I want i want to know, I want to learn more about this. I want you to to dive deep into your origin story. Let's hear sort of where you discovered your passion for what you do today. And let us know uh, what that story is to where we are
1: today with Crete Modular. Thanks, Mark. What a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. Well, my origin story is I kind of fell into construction. Um, I landed in LA. I was actually managing a punk band, and the band broke Very up. Cool. And I needed—that's
0: not job. so cool.
1: <laughs> I needed a real job. So I sort of, kind of came to a general contractor right off the street, and I started um, answering phones at the general contractor's office. Six weeks later, the estimator quit. And the partner (laughs) dropped a set of plans on my desk and said, call every stucco guy in town. And that project was um, 77 units of senior housing in Lancaster, California. And I fell in love and the rest is history. Um, As I started my career in construction and affordable housing development and construction, I really got interested in alternative means and methods. Um, I'm sort of a hippie. Um, so the, my very first alternative construction project was I lived on a commune in Northern Arizona and we built our own adobe bricks very and cool. the barn. So, um, I have always had an eye. The, the
0: first modular component I might.
1: <laughs> I <can't remember. laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I've always had an eye to, um, you know, straw bale and container and kind of alternate means and methods of construction. Yep. So, um, I ended up. Um, being acquired by the client who's I built that senior housing project for and I worked directly for him as an owner's rep for many years. And he's one of these um, crazy genius mentors that taught me a lot about development and construction all the way through. And then in 2016, around this time in July, um, I was lured away from him and started with a small container startup, um, on the banks of the LA River in a ten thousand square foot building, and that's where we built Potter's Lane out of the first affordable project in the nation utilizing shipping containers.
0: So, about four years ago, it started. Yes. And yes. how did, how did how did it start? Where who was the inspiration? Where you know why 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 did you start it, and how did it start?
1: Um, the original predecessor company um, was started by a small group of people that had a vision of doing sustainable construction, they were mostly focused on education and replacing the modulars in the old, in California, especially in Southern California and LAUSD, there's a lot of old 1950s kind of modular buildings that many classrooms are held in. And so this was a sustainable and extremely durable and strong. Um, Containers are very strong. They're made of these Corten steel and they have these eight foot, basically moment frames in them. as a replacement for modulars. And then when I came along, I was like, housing, housing, housing. So it's definitely housing is a big passion of mine. And I really saw after having developed 1,100, 1,200 units with conventional stick belt, I really saw container modular solving a lot of the problems that I had run into time and time again um, with timeline, with sustainability and energy envelope um, concerns, um, as well as just being a lovely and graceful way to reutilize something that would have been wasted.
0: So, so the modular units you're using are are uh, constr- are storage containers, right? And so, Correct. so are they are they new storage containers or are they? pre-used storage containers that are going to end up being discarded?
1: We only use repurposed containers from trade, and they have been used only for one-way dry goods only. So we have a trade- What does that
0: mean, one-way dry goods? What does that mean?
1: We have a trade deficit in this country where we import 15 million-ish containers and we export 11. So this leaves us four million available containers and countries overseas would rather ship us another full container full of goods than pay to ship an empty back. So if you've ever ridden the BART through Oakland, it's miles and miles of containers stacked up.
0: Yeah, like mountains of containers. Uh,
1: Yes. And so we have this, um, they are very heavily tested. They're very heavily regulated. Every container um, goes through several iterations of testing to make sure of its seaworthiness and its ability to be used for trade. Um, and there's also a serial number which tracks what was in it, when it was shipped, when it got to the Port of Los Angeles or Long Beach, and what it's been doing since then. So um, almost always when I go out to the parking lot at our factory and I take a look at the container plates to see what we got that day, they're very rarely older than 90 days old.
0: Oh, interesting. they're Essentially brand new. So There's they've, no they've had one one trip over the, through the ocean and emptied it, and now it's time to, it turn,
1: to parking lot.
0: Turn, turn it into something useful or a, the next useful item because clearly yeah. they're useful. Um, so how how do you take a shipping container and turn it into a multifamily, you know, affordable housing unit?
1: Um, well, the actual fabrication process is we procure the containers they arrive at our factory they go in one end of our we have a 110,000 square foot facility it's located in Carson California on the 405 and 710 Um, we're currently recording this during pandemic um, so we're limiting our tours but we do have some drone footage tours available for anybody that's interested Um, and also we are starting to set up kind of off hours tours but That is something I love to invite people to my factory. And so someday soon, I hope to meet you there as well. That would be great. Um, So they go in one end and it's essentially where um, manufacturing meets construction. And they start out in one station and they move to the next station in sequence in CSI order. So the first thing we do is we demolish the pieces of the container that we no longer use. Um, And here's something interesting. We cut the sides of the container, the long sides out to combine them to make larger circulation spaces. And we can cut out 40 feet clear of a long side. Um, and then so you have 40 feet of a clear span with no posts. And I don't even think you can achieve that with wood.
0: And you can do, and you can, can you do that in multiple modules? So you can just yeah. keep going and they're eight feet wide, right?
1: Correct. So just, um, there was a grand opening this week for, um, a homeless shelter that we built out of 48 of these 40 foot containers with most of the sides cut out. So it combined was a 15,000 square foot building. They're structurally independent. So in theory, you could put a hundred of them together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how tall are they? What's the ceiling height in them?
1: The interior ceiling height is eight foot 10 with a corrugated metal lid. And if you want to drop drywall lid, it's eight foot six.
0: Okay. And then, and then, so to go continue with the process. So it comes in it, Arts it, demo. it, it, demo, cut demolishing. Out, yep.
1: Cut out the pieces we don't use. We remove the doors and that makes a structural opening that we can fill with glazing. And then we, um, add some red iron, some structural steel. That's part of what, um, is unique to Crate, is we put structural steel C-channel around the perimeter of the box. And then it can cantilever off the short side um, to make walkways, awnings, decks. There's quite a lot you can do architecturally to play with that cantilever. And, and again- you do,
0: you do that on every unit, so it, it becomes ultimately flexible in however you want to use it.
1: Exactly, and it also serves as the interstitial space above the interior built space, for MEPs, fire Got God,
0: okay. So the eight foot six ceiling height is a finished ceiling height, and the equipment and the the cables and everything else that's running through this to make it, you know, usable and hab- habitable happens between the containers.
1: Right in that structural steel C channel yeah. um, sort of attic that we yeah. create.
0: And there. how how deep is that?
1: Twelve to fourteen inches.
0: And is that twelve to fourteen inches per unit? So if you uh, and it's only on the top, right? Correct. Got it. So it's 12 to 14 inches of space between the units. If you're stacking them, you put another one on top. And Correct. it also units.
1: isolates this um, really. So um, you might get a kick out of this because of assembly. So in traditional stick built, there's trusses and then the floor plate is above is right on those trusses. So any um, deflection on the floor goes through the trusses and you hear noises and sound carries. because of the container being, having that structural steel C channel, um, as an isolation. And then the unit above is setting on corner blocks. The floor assembly is completely isolated from the ceiling assembly below. So
0: there's no through floor sound at all.
1: I went to Potter's Lane, our two story project, and jumped up and down and screamed my heart out <laughs> on the second floor and My colleague below could not hear a thing so um, that's a it's a great advantage to container modular and something that um, there's so many advantages by using this material so we do um, we put the C channel on the top yeah. and then it goes down the assembly line and it literally gets the station by station. Um, goes through the sequence of construction. And so we have interior framing, we have the insulation, we have MEPs have their own station, and then we have the drywall station, the cabinet station, etc. And then when it comes out the end, it's a fully finished module and it has been receiving state inspections all the way through the factory and it receives a state-approved insignia before it leaves the factory. So it may not be inspected or altered in any other way after it receives that insignia.
0: We will return to our conversation right after this quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors, RCAT, FreshBooks, and Gusto. Every day, more architecture professionals are adding RCAT to their workflow to save them time and money. RCAT helps designers, specifiers, and architects compare and select the best products for their projects using the powerful RCAT search engine. They also offer data files like BIM and CAD and specifications right there on the same site for free without registration. There's no catch, no cost, no email. It's all free. All your building material information and all your manufacturer information all in one convenient place. Visit rcat.com today to see why so many professionals are consolidating their product search to one task. Visit rcat.com. That's rcat.com, A-R-C-A-T.com. Visit rcat.com today. There's lots to love about being an entrepreneur architect, but trying to figure out your financials on your own is not one of those things. Luckily, There's FreshBooks, the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like us. FreshBooks takes all of the not-so-fun parts of running a business, from building and tracking invoices, to organizing expenses, to managing online payments, all of that, and it automates them and simplifies them, saving you up to 11 hours a week in the process. 11 hours. FreshBooks has your back at tax time, too, with tons of reports to choose from. You'll know exactly where your business stands and you can easily hand over the keys to your accountant so they can take over when it's time to reconcile everything for the year. Try FreshBooks for free, 30 days. No credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com architect and enter Entree Architect in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com architect. And let them know that you're a member of the Entree Architect community. FreshBooks.com slash architect. Look, 2020 has proven to be the year of many things, but if you own your own architecture business, this could be the year that you switch to better payroll. Gusto wasn't just built for small businesses. It was built for the people behind them, like you and me. Their online payroll is so easy to use. Gusto can automatically calculate paychecks and file all your payroll taxes automatically which means you have more time to run your business. Plus, Gusto does way more than payroll. Gusto helps with time tracking, health insurance, 401ks, onboarding, commuter benefits, offer letters, access to HR experts, you get the idea. It's super easy to set up and get started. And if you are moving from another provider, they can transfer all your data for you. It's no surprise that 94% of customers are likely to recommend Gusto. And here's the best part. Because you're a listener right here at Entree Architect Podcast, you get three months free, totally free. All you have to do is go to gusto.com architect and all the details are there. Again, go to gusto.com architect. You'll thank me. You're going to love Gusto. Get started today at gusto.com architect. Artcat, FreshBooks and gusto please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you the entree architect community so as the module 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 is going through the factory it is one piece of a larger complex of units right that that make up a building you you don't typically in what you're doing you don't typically use one unit for the buildings you're creating you're creating large buildings multi-unit buildings correct um and so how does the design of these buildings work How how does how does the factory know what that specific unit is uh needs to happen to it in order for it to become part of the bigger unit
1: so we have a design process it takes us about 90 days to design um speed is our thing we wanna build things really quickly, we wanna make the on-site construction really fast with our modules, and then we also design really quickly. So we can design a multifamily building in about 90 days, and we design the building in a vacuum. This is where we really need other architects out in the world to help us place this on the lot, determine our massing, help us figure out the design aesthetic. We are simply a a project shop, a design build shop, and you guys are the designers. So we take the design architect's input. We fabricate our modular set of plans, which is really in a vacuum. That gets sent to the state level, and we get a state approval on that. That means um, we're able to fabricate that building in our factory for the next three years.
0: Okay. And and does it go through the same process as any other building or is there some special process that it goes through?
1: Um, the factory building program does do um, all of the California CBC as well as Title 24 analysis, ADA analysis, emergency Um, fire life safety analysis. So we're subject to every building code. um, So
0: you're just submitting it just like any other building. They're evaluating it just like any other building. You're meeting the same requirements and and rules that any other uh, stick built building would. Correct.
1: And once we receive our stamp on our plans, we're able to fabricate. So then there's usually a parallel process with the local jurisdiction where the, your submittal would be, an abbreviated submittal with the civil and landscape package and then a site plan that shows basically putting our kit building on your site, determining your setbacks, your parking, your ADA path of travel, how it's going to look from planning and zoning. And then it just refers to see state approved plans attached as an exhibit. And so our plans are not subject to another local plan check or charged plan check fees. And then our work is not inspected by local inspectors. All of that happens at the state level.
0: That's what I was going to ask. So once it leaves the factory and it has that insignia on it, then you're done. You go and assemble it and it's and it's finished. There's no final inspection.
1: Um, so we are a supplier of the modules. So we make you, we give you the Lego set and the Lego set has been signed off on. Then we give it to an installer Got and it. the okay. installer puts it together and they are subject. Anything that happens on the site is subject to local inspections.
0: And so the assembly so still well, needs to go through the inspection process like any other building.
1: Correct. So the, there's some welding that's um, entailed in putting it together. So the welding is subject to deputy inspections Um, but they, the local inspector may not require any alterations or require you to open the walls of our work once it's been passed off.
0: And they, they, how are, how is the foundation built out? Is that something that's done on site or is that something that's part of modular as well?
1: Um, that is built out on site, but we take care of the design of that. That is something that Crate does that not a lot of other modular companies in this space do because there's so much embedded hardware that. Um, you know, talks to our structure, we like to design the foundation for our structure as well. So, we include in that full set of plans that we get approved by the state, we include a foundation plan as well. So, we design the foundation and then um, the foundation is installed on site by a general contractor. And then we have an installation education piece as well. We want to be as easily installable as drywall. Every contractor can install drywall. We do not have specialized crate installers. Um, We have people that we've worked with, we're happy to recommend, but we are also happy to educate any contractor that wants to learn how to install these types of buildings Um, because the more people that know how to install crate buildings, the better.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, How creative can they get? So you said that, that you do the basic design in a vacuum, you're doing the the, the uh, you know the the utility designs. But how does the aesthetic design happen when you're working with an architect? How does that process work?
1: Um, it's so awesome to see what so many architects are doing with us as a material. We really have become a design challenge, and um, some architects that we've worked with have really um, blown my mind and come up with a lot of different things. So there's mixed methods. You can have some container and some site built there's, um, we've done green roofs. We've done a lot with those cantilevers that I was talking about. Uh, We have several projects that are utilizing up to a 40% cantilever. So it's cantilevering nine feet on a 20 foot box. And it's a real good opportunity for different decks and walkways and balconies as well. And then we've seen a lot of creativity around um, cladding um, and different types of glazing to sort of kick it up a notch um, in the design area.
0: How much of what you're doing is um, is is combined with site built so when when you when you, as, let's say if when you go to your website and you see the projects that you've done which are beautiful um, how much of that is modular and how much of that is site built
1: thank you um there's only really one project on our site right now that is a mixed method and it, we did a it's so our first hospitality project. It's a bed and breakfast at a winery in Paso Robles. And it has two 20 foot containers with a four foot clear story um, section in the middle that is site built. Um, and it's quite beautiful. Ecotech design, uh, Walter Scott Perry was the designer on that one.
0: How, how small of a project can you do? Because clearly you can do very large projects. How small, actually, Two questions, how small can they be and how small does Crate Modular go?
1: So uh, they can go to as small as one container and we do have a single container ADU. Um, with accessory dwelling units becoming having this legislation around them to make them easier, we really thought, okay, this let's make it easy for people to just drop something in the back of their houses. And so I know these aren't, large multi-family buildings but i still think adus can impact homelessness yeah um, for sure by doubling the density on single family lots keeping people aging in place longer etc so we partnered with architect um, mark Lehman to create our smallest adu which is a single container eight by twenty um, and it's already pre-approved so we have two models with mark it's a single and a double Um, 160 square feet and 320 square feet. We've also added more ADUs to our catalog. I would, I kind of envision it as sort of a a microcosm of seeing different architects in a catalog and you can have.
0: Yeah. You You had mentioned that at the RCAST uh, 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 conversation. And I thought that was really interesting that, that much like Target has done in the past where they've invited architects come to come to design products and then they market them as architect design products. That crate is doing something very similar where if you're interested in working with crate to design sort of a signature model exactly. and it goes into their catalog, then, you know, you can be part of that catalog. And how does the, how does the compensation to the architect work with that? Is that something that they get paid up front, or is it uh, per unit sold?
1: Um, so Mark was paid a, a very reasonable fee for the architecture and then he does get a tiny piece of so a everything. little bit of
0: both So so he gets paid to design and then he gets a little bit on the other side as well
1: for these signature models That's exactly how I would have that go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and is that typical? I mean if you if architects came and you, you just contracted to work with them and and that's that's typically how it would work
1: um, usually the on larger, like multifamily projects, it works yeah. like more conventionally, right, like right. The gets paid a fee to do the project. project.
0: Yeah, I, I meant the catalog.
1: Yes. So for the catalog and for the ADUs, we can definitely um, keep that structure, especially for the signature line, because if, you, if their name is on it and that's what's selling it, of course.
0: Yeah. How how far from your factory? And I'm assuming there's one factory, right? So it's based in California. How far from the factory do you ship?
1: Uh, We ship statewide, so we can go from Crescent City to Chula Vista.
0: Okay, so California focused basically. Yes. Um, Is there plans to expand? Is that sort of the 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 idea?
1: Yes, we get a lot of um, interest from a few other states. We're looking at Oregon. Um, Texas, Arizona, some of the um, more southwestern states, they have a lower um, construction cost, cost of construction. So we don't pencil as well as we do in California. Um, But we are built to California standards, which is the most extreme seismic, the most extreme energy code, et cetera. So we are looking at scaling our product back a little to be in these other markets where they don't have to be um, as restrictive on the code.
0: Right. Right. I, I wonder seeing that they're modular and they're factory built. And I wonder if you could uh, expand by uh, uh, having an inventory, basically not having the, you know, having the factory in California, but then shipping to other places in the country and having an on-site inventory that when an architect wants to work with you, they just sort of, Design from the inventory that's available in their region.
1: That's a really interesting concept. Um, because we have such a great factory, we're kind of able to produce things very, very quickly. So we really just wait until we have an order. So it doesn't
0: make sense to have an inventory. It's just waste yeah. of time and space.
1: Yes, and because I know architects and they always want to change something.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, yeah this is very interesting. Um, ma- let me ask you our final question here. What's one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow?
1: Wow. Um, I'm just going to come at this from a crate perspective. Um, I would say be open and willing to try new materials. We are nothing without you. Uh, We are simply a Lego factory. And it's up to you to be the creator and the imagineer. And, and, you know, don't, don't look at what the limits are. Look at what the possibilities are.
0: Very good advice. I, and I encourage you to go look at their website before you judge, <laughs> createmodular.com, because it, it's amazing what you can do with um, a, a, a shipping container and what you can make it look like. Um, because when you first think, you know, shipping container, I, you know, we've all seen it, right? We've seen, we've seen the mistakes with shipping containers uh, in architecture. What they're doing at Create Modular is very impressive. And um, I encourage you to go look at it at Createmodular.com. Amanda Gattenby is her name. Uh, go visit the website at CreateModular.com. They're also on Instagram if you want to see follow them on Instagram, Create Modular at CreateModular. Uh, Amanda, this has been very interesting. I you know, I don't I didn't know very much about how the, how um, uh, container construction was built. Uh, and the possibilities of what Crate Modular can be. And so I appreciate you coming here and sharing a little bit about what you do and how you do it uh, and for sharing your knowledge here at at Entree Architect Podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Mark, it was a pleasure.
0: You've been listening to episode 357 of the Entree Architect Podcast with Amanda Gattenby of Crate Modular. If you'd like to access the show notes or share this episode with a friend, the link is entrearchitect.com slash episode 357. Entre Architect podcast is proud to be part of the largest, most engaged AEC multimedia network on the planet, Gable Media. We are curating thought leadership for an audience dedicated to building a better world. Listen and subscribe to all the shows There are a bunch of them over there and there's more to come. Go check it out at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And as we step into this new year of 2021, many of us are looking to make this year the year of renewal, putting the stress and the anxiety of these past few months behind us and focusing on positivity and serving others the best we know how. So how do we do that? How can we use our talents and our skills to better serve the world as architects? How do we grow our firms and fill our project lists with meaningful work? How do we attract the clients who need us the most? How do we do that? Well, there are three steps to building a strong, healthy architecture business. Write these down. Develop a plan, develop a financial management system, and develop a focused, intentional brand. You need a plan a simple business plan that identifies your vision and the path required to achieve that vision. You need a financial management system, a simple system that allows you to plan for a strong, profitable business. And you need an intentional brand, a branding system that truly empathizes and emotionally connects with those clients who need you the most. So start off the new year with determination and commitment to focusing on these three steps, a business plan, a financial plan, and a powerful brand strategy. Let's work to make the world a better place. If you need some guidance, we can help you here at Entre Architect. The Build Your Brand course is available right now. It's a premium on-demand training program to help you develop a comprehensive branding system for your architecture firm. It's everything you need to build an irresistible brand that will attract your best clients your ideal clients. So let's start off 2021 with confidence and let's bring our skills and our talents to the people who need and value us the most. Let's build your brand. Jeff and I can show you how at the Build Your Brand course. Visit entrearchitect.com slash brand course right now to learn more. And you only have a few days before registration closes on Monday, January 11th at midnight. So visit entrearchitect.com slash brand course, build your brand and make 2021 the year that we make the world a better place, that we build a better world. That's entrearchitect.com slash brand course. To learn more, go there now. entrearchitect.com slash brand course registration closes on Monday. So grab it while you can at entrearchitect.com slash brand course. Love, learn and share what you know. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.
1: I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of
0: telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this. I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Calling all small firm architects, it's time to tap into your full potential with Entre Architect's context and clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entre Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There's a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual
1: spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. (laughs) So for me, the the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more.
0: Gain insights to build a successful practice, subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.